0: Hey, good evening. Well, this is the last night of the first week. How many of you, this is your first night in chapel this week? Okay, well, welcome, welcome. Uh, We're glad you're here. This has been a good week in chapel. Uh, Our worship leader is John Farley, Pastor John Farley, who is the minister of worship at Springs First Church, and his son Trey has been playing this box up here all week. That's an amazing instrument. And uh, he's been doing quite a quite a good job for us. Our speaker tonight is Mrs. Shirley Cato. Uh, Mrs. Cadle is the Vice President for Finance here at NBC. She is, she is a very important person around here. She controls the budget. And, uh, and we're so thankful for uh, Shirley and the work that she does. Stand with me and let's read together 1 Chronicles 16, verses 23 through 25 and 28 through 29. I'll read the first slide and then you respond to the second. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared or loved above all gods. Ascribe to the Lord, O family of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. We will worship the Lord. Amen? Let's worship together tonight.
1: Father, it's good to be in your presence tonight. Your scripture says that in the presence of the Lord is joy forevermore. And we're so thankful, so grateful. We worship at your feet tonight. Oh God, we praise you from the depths of our heart. We glorify your name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, may the Lordship of Christ permeate this place tonight. Fill our hearts with only holy obedience to you that we will realize, oh God, that nothing we are, nothing we can do, oh God, can make us what you want us to be, but only you can do a work in our hearts and in our minds, in our lives to bring us, Lord, to the conformity of your likeness and your image, fill us tonight with holy fire. We pray, dear God, for an outpouring of your spirit upon this place, not only tonight, but in the days to come as we begin this new trimester. Oh God, break us and mold us and shape us. Be more and more like you. We love you tonight. And we want what you want. Thank you for those, this may be their first time here. We pray for them. Bless them as they make the adjustments. Bless this place, bless this hill, and let your glory flow into our hearts. We pray for our speaker tonight, that you'd anoint her, minister to us through her tonight, and we thank you for her. Thank you for each one that's here tonight, and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.
2: Amen. Guess what, I am not a preacher. So far this week, the speakers we have had have been wonderful men of God, and they've all been ordained clergy. And I just want you to know up front that I am neither a man (laughs) or clergy. (laughs) What I am, I'm very proud to say, God has called me into ministry to be an accountant. My call <laughs> uh, my call is not only to be an accountant, but to be a Christian accountant. And so when I was asked if I would like to speak in chapel, I wondered, what could I say that was important enough for me to spend my time in preparation and study because, believe me, on this side of of this pulpit you do have to do some preparation and study. And what was important enough to spend your time in attendance here tonight? And people were talking to me all week saying, well, what does an accountant say? And I'll tell you what an accountant says an accountant says pay your school bill. <laughs> but those are not words that are important enough to get me in this position. What words are important enough? I started thinking about it and I really think the things that, that I believe are important to you because I've been in your position. I have been an adult student sitting on that side. I have been the spouse of an adult student, in case any of you are that tonight, listening. And the words that I want to say to you are have faith, endure, and be thankful. But tonight, I'm going to concentrate on have faith. Faith not just in anybody or anything, but genuine faith in God. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Dr. Russom's definition, faith is believing God and acting accordingly and Webster we still have a Webster's Dictionary you might have it on your iPad but it still exists says that faith is belief and trust in and loyalty to God a firm belief in something for which there is no proof complete trust and in faith without doubt Without question. Now, as an accountant, I work first with numbers and then with words, unless it comes to stories. You'll need to ask the business office about the story of Epaminondas. How many people here have ever heard of Epaminondas? It's a true story, and the business office likes it because their favorite line is, Epaminandas, you ain't got the brains you was born with. (laughs) Now there's more to the story than that, but it is a good story and I enjoy stories. My favorite, of course, are Bible stories. Noah, Jonah, Paul. And tonight, I'd like to talk about the story of Moses because I think Moses' story is a good example of faith. Misplaced faith, authentic faith, enduring faith. We find a synopsis of his life in the Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews. If you'd like to turn with me to Hebrews 11, verses 23 through 29. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked forward to his reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who had destroyed the firstborn should touch them. So how many of you have never, catch this, never heard of Moses before or heard of his story? Alright, we all know it. We all know that he was born during a difficult time in the country. We all know that his parents didn't want Pharaoh and the people of Israel to kill Moses so they pitched him in the river. No, that wasn't exactly what happened they put him in a basket and put him in a river because they had faith that God would protect him and God honored that faith not only was he found by the daughter of Pharaoh who kept him and raised him but he had opportunity to be raised and influenced by his own mother in fact if you read the story his mother was actually paid to raise him Now, how many of you parents would like to be paid to raise your own children? (laughs) Uh, He wasn't raised just as a second-rate citizen there. If you look at the story, he was actually considered in verse 24, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So I can imagine as this story goes on, that as the grandson of the Pharaoh, he had a pretty pretty cushy job. would you imagine that the grandson of Pharaoh had power, position, prestige in the community, could just about do what he wanted to do? Not only was he part of Pharaoh's family, but his mother had let him know that he was also part of the chosen children of Israel. He was one of God's kids, the best of both worlds. Unfortunately, that life that was so charmed was what caused Moses to have faith in his own abilities, a misplaced faith in himself. So we go on with the story, and Moses, knowing that he is destined for greatness, and perhaps with some understanding that he's supposed to play some part in freeing the children of Israel, is out taking a walk and surveying his kingdom on both sides. So what does he see? He sees an Egyptian who is beating up on one of his fellow countrymen, one of the people he's associated with, one of God's chosen children. And what does he do? First he looks both ways. Now human nature says if I'm gonna do something that I'm not really sure I'm supposed to be doing the first thing to do is to check out to make sure that nobody else is looking (laughs) so by checking out seeing that no one else is looking he goes up and punishes the Egyptian by killing him So, so what happens Moses with his charmed life with his influence in Pharaoh's family with his connection with the children of Israel gets hunted by Pharaoh. Pharaoh is now threatening his life. The power, the prestige, the position made no difference at all. What happens with the children of Israel? He's one of them. Maybe he expected them to stand up for him, defend him. No, no way. Those children of Israel, if you think about it, If he looked both ways and nobody was looking, who was it that got that information to Pharaoh? It had to be conversation from those very children that he was trying to defend. So here is Moses, hunted by Pharaoh, rejected by his fellow countrymen, out of the country. He spends the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness in Midian and tending sheep. Now, just as a side note, especially if you were here last night and listened to the sermon, um, Dr. Church alluded to this, that even when Moses was there suffering the consequences of a poor decision, God was working on his behalf. It was during that time that he acquired his wife, that he got his sons, that he got a very wise and supportive father-in-law, And yes, regardless what you guys think, all three of those things are blessings. (laughs) And he also got work experience that would be invaluable when he was leading the children of Israel later on in the desert. So even when we make poor decisions, God is still working on our behalf and can still use those decisions for our good. Okay, that was my side note. Back to the story. Um... What I want to know, or what Moses, the story of Moses leads us to ask ourselves at this position is what are we relying on? Are we relying on ourselves? Are you relying on the fact that you have a call? Are you relying on your resources, your connections, your friends? When that challenge comes that threatens your call, exceeds your money, your resources, the things that you possess is bigger than you are what then we need to look and see where is our faith is our faith misplaced or is our faith authentically placed on God if you aren't facing difficulties right now that are challenging you don't worry you will be in this world you will have troubles and it's only with that faith in God that you can get through those things as we continue this story the next step is where God encounters Moses I never like to say Moses encounters God because God always is the one that takes the first step that's seeking us and that's exactly what happened to Moses in the wilderness he had the burning bush experience that was the attention getter doesn't God sometimes have to get our attention? So you've got this bush, and this bush is burning. Now I don't know how many of you guys know anything about fire, but in the last two years, Colorado Springs has had more than their share of fires. The Waldo Canyon, the Black Forest, the Royal Gorge burned 25,000 acres, homes, buildings, even lost uh, two lives, I believe, in the fires. Fire typically looks for a fuel source, spreads itself out, keeps burning. When it runs out of fuel, it burns up. So we come back to the bush. The bush is not seeking other fuel sources. It's not burning up. It's not being extinguished. And Moses, doing what people do who are inquisitive humans, goes to check it out. So God calls to Moses from the bush the first encounter with God God says Moses take your shoes off then God identifies himself its it is I am and then God gives Moses the mission that Moses needs to fulfill that call that God has placed in his life you all are here because you're in process of fulfilling the mission, of carrying out the mission to fulfill the call that God has placed on your life. The only way that you're going to be able to succeed, told you, I'm an accountant, not good with words, is if you have that genuine faith in God. So, Moses and God have the encounter. Moses and God meet together God talks to Moses but Moses had that difficult experience which drove him out to the place he's at now and he's not real sure yet that he's going to be able to do what God has asked him to do so Moses says God last time I tried this as Pharaoh's grandson, it just didn't turn out real well. Yes, Moses, but this time you're going with me. I will be with you. But God, last time the Israelites didn't even support me. Moses, this time I am is with you and I will be with you, and they will follow me. God, are you sure? What if they say, the Lord didn't appear to you? Moses, I'll send you with miracles that they can't deny. God, please send somebody else. Okay, Moses, not my first choice, but I'll send Aaron to help you. And I'll be with both of you, and I'll teach you. But his job will be speaking to the people, and you are still the one that I am calling to work directly with me. Oh, and don't forget your staff. You're going to need it. So, by faith, Moses returns to Egypt. The question is, have we had that encounter with God that was so authentic that we knew that nothing could happen in our lives that God could not handle? How long has it been since you reviewed your burning bush experience is your faith in God and God only that faith has to be genuine has to be authentic but it also has to be enduring so Moses has forty more years to endure he travels back to Egypt he brings Aaron with him they talk to the people of Israel they explain that God wants to free them from their slavery and they perform the miracles that God gave them to perform and what do the children of Israel do? Yay God let's go! I'm ready! Who wants to be a slave anyway? Next step, Pharaoh. Unfortunately the encounter with Pharaoh didn't go quite so well as you continue on in this story Pharaoh wants to kill Moses and the children of Israel, whose job just got a little harder, decided they're not going to support him either. Sounds kind of like that first challenge, doesn't it? The one where Moses left and fled the country. Pharaoh wants to kill him. The Israelites aren't supporting him anymore. But this time, Although the Israelites complain Moses goes to prayer which is what should be done by the people of faith. If we believe God is able to meet our needs then we need to discuss those needs with him before we have other conversations or take other actions. It's as we seek God and get to know him and understand who he is that faith Follows. Eventually, as we continue on in the story, through a series of signs and wonders that can only be performed by God, the children of Israel are finally freed. And as the section in Hebrews says, the final plague is the plague of the death of the firstborn. And by faith, Moses not only believed that God would perform those, that last plague but acted upon it with that first Passover and God honored that faith and protected the firstborn of the children of Israel God honors Moses faith as they travel through the wilderness with the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night a visible reassurance that the entire population can observe But as the story continues, Pharaoh decides that he's had a change of mind and can't live without the children of Israel. So he sends his army after them. And the Israelites who are camped by the Red Sea are literally between a rock and a hard place. And isn't that where our challenges and where our difficulties make us feel? between a rock and a hard place the people of Israel complained to Moses and Moses' reply is do not be afraid stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you the Lord will fight for you you need only be still when is the last time that you were that certain the Lord would get you through are you struggling with a job a class a family crisis something that is weighing on you then these words are for you listen to them again stand firm And you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Time and time again, Moses encountered challenges the golden calf, the disputes over his right to lead, the discouraging report of the ten spies that ultimately kept this generation from going into the promised land John 1633 says in this world you will have trouble but it goes on to say but take heart I have overcome the world as with Moses if you have faith that endures you will Be listed in the Hall of Faith, and you will receive the prize of the well done from Jesus himself. Misplaced faith, authentic faith, enduring faith, it's only when we have complete trust in God without doubt, firm belief in that for which there is no proof, being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see that we can have the faith to make it to the final goal. The more we get to know God, the more we seek Him, the greater that faith will be. Let me end with a selection from Hebrews 12 starting with verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith.
0: first week, hasn't it? I want to thank Mike Aaron Beatty. Mike, raise your hand there. Mike has had coffee and refreshments for us every night this week. Thank you, Mike. Love you, man. Thanks so much. You want to thank John and Trey for helping us each night this week. Thank- And, and Shirley, you didn't speak like an accountant to tonight. You spoke like a preacher. Amen. And uh, let me let me just. Uh, somebody asked me last night. Said, "Well, what happened to J.C., our chaplain of last year?" I'm happy to report to you tonight that J.C back on the reservation the navajo reservation pastoring his home church this was a dream that we had two years ago and now it's fulfilled pray for jc and his family as they're beginning their pastoral ministry journey it's been a great week god bless you thank you lord for being with us tonight and each night of this week Pray bless the faculty and staff and the students here. Oh, Lord, may we be people of great faith. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Lord, His peace.